And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here talking about your reeling Toronto Blue Jays. Not been a great week, but it's going to be a great show. Want to remind everybody we have the top. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We do this twice a week. You heard on the weekend, it was Caitlin and I, Caitlin McGrath, who covers the, covers the Blue Jays for The Athletic. If you want to read everything that she writes about the, about the Blue Jays, you want to make sure you subscribe. Go over to theathletic.com slash binrate. Sign up. Give you a nice, tidy discount. Sign up for the year. Do one episode a week with Caitlin. And then today, I'm here with former Toronto Blue Jays starter, Ricky Romero. We're going to talk about your Blue Jays. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Um, hope, hopefully, uh, Blue Jay fans are not getting too frustrated. Um, I can, I, I sense it though. Do you sense it a little bit on social media? I sense it. I sense it. <laughs> you, you and I were talking on social, and and we were doing some some Monday morning quarterbacking on uh, pitch selection, yeah. and uh, seemed like a lot of folks kind of were gravitating towards that comment, really yeah. wondering. And I think that's a good place to start, which is a we can start. I mean, looking at at what's kind of been plaguing the team, but something that you brought up when we were talking about this kind of before we were recording is sort of like the snowball effect of like these frustrating losses and these, and these, um, all these close games and, and, and just sort of where this team is, the sort of offense sputtering. Um, but I want to talk about, let's let, we can start with that outing from, from Jordan Romano. And of course he gave up the walk-off home run to, um, to Aaron Judge, uh, but that that at, at bat in particular was one against Jose Trevino. Uh, what what did you see from Jordan Romano that day that that made you wonder? I, again, this was a guy who has been worked heavily, but was coming off a decent amount of rest. He just to me he just didn't look right. I don't know what did you see out there from him. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I saw was it, I don't know maybe I'm wrong, but it almost seemed like he had difficulty uh, gripping the ball. He kept kind of and and. And I, I get it, you know, sometimes the cold weather, you can tell he kept blowing his hand, kept blowing it more than often, and he was licking his fingers. And I know the the baseball thing has been an issue, and I've spoken to a couple guys, because I'm, I'm curious, man. I, I, I went I went and and have a few friends, obviously, that, that that are pitching right now in the big leagues, and I asked them about it, and 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 they just say, yeah, man, it, the balls are so shit sometimes that they're slick, they're not rubbed up right, they're chalky. So you're you're hearing all these different things from guys who are living it right now. So it makes you wonder if if if, if that was a bit of an issue, if grip was a bit of an issue. Um, you know, obviously the fastball control wasn't there for him, and um, and we've seen him be so successful with that fastball, and and especially when he's jumping ahead and then he finishes guys off um, up and up and away or up and in and with just those those rising fastballs and it, he just didn't have it that day and and I know uh, I, I saw something that his average uh, fastball was 95 and people 95 miles per hour is still pretty damn fast I don't care <laughs> if it's you know two three miles lower than what we're used to seeing sometimes it's just 
it's not, I don't think he's hurt. Um, hopefully not. Um, and, and sometimes, yeah, the rustiness of getting some time off, uh, affects pitchers. You know, I know for me, uh, sometimes if I had an extra day, I hated it because you just build that routine every fifth day. And again, you don't want to overwork your closer. We've seen how much they've relied on him, how much they've used them that first month of the season. And you don't, you don't want to burn them out. But to me, it just looked like a, like a bad outing. You, you, you flush it down the toilet and, and you move on to the next one. Um, again, um, he still showed some, some decent stuff. It wasn't completely bad. Obviously it didn't end how he wanted it to end, but, I, I have to wonder if, if if the ball had a bit to do with it uh, and him gripping gripping that baseball. Uh, definitely, I, I, I'm more than happy to chalk that one outing up as a bad yeah. outing. But I think that I think that the, the ball is sort of the thing that's looming over the whole game right now. Mm-hmm. But with Jordan Romano in particular, you see a guy who's getting hit harder, who's not throwing the uh, throwing as hard, who's not missing as many bats. So. I don't know. I, I would. I don't think I'm ready to say that I'm worried uh, about yeah. about him. Um, I think that you know, like a lot of kind of things that what we've seen with the Blue Jays is what we would call like cluster luck. Like they had a bunch of good bounces for the first like three weeks of the season. Now they're kind of just bad stuff sort of happening in in bunches. And that that at bat against Trevino again, where as you pointed out to me that he you know three two slider against the. Yeah, the number nine hitter who's a catcher, who's a guy who's not there, you know, to hit um, yeah. with the top of that Yankees lineup coming up. Obviously, just just wasn't right. And it's so interesting, the thing with the ball, because it just sort of will. Well, number one, it's a source of huge frustration. And I remember, you know, if you, well, we saw in Cleveland over the la- over last weekend. Alec Manoa was was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. He was really having a hard time with the ball. And I can even think back was maybe 2016, 2017. You know, with Aaron Sanchez and, Mar- and Marcus Stroman and guys like that, were talking about the they were getting blisters, right? There was the whole thing with the seams were were mm-hmm. raised up, and there's just been a lot of tinkering with the ball, which is not just you know producing individually you know n- bad outings or in- individual outings that are that are regrettable, or you know maybe in the case of Jose Barrios, like off to a bit of a slow start as there's there are a lot of adjustments to be made. But yeah. I wonder. I, I mean, again, this is a pr- kind of like a big question to ask, but. Do you think maybe the ball is, is is kind of suggesting some of the challenges that the Blue Jays might be having offensively? Like, is is the ball? I, I mean, the Blue Jays' offense is made to mash, right? And you know, we see Cleveland as a team that's that's really like putting the ball in play and scoring a lot of runs that way. The Blue Jays are trying to hit the ball over the fence, but if the ball is not obliging, that makes uh, the offense kind of put, be in a bit of a tough spot. Yeah. Well, this is the thing I wonder, Drew, and you and you tell me what you think. I just is the ball back to normal to what it was five years ago? Because the past year, two years, it was, remember it was like supercharged. That ball was like on the mm-hmm. juice, you know, and the mm-hmm. ball was flying. And, and are we just not used to seeing that, that the ball went back to normal and that's why guys are not hitting as many home runs? I mean, I don't know. Like that, that that's what I'm saying. That's why I was curious. And I reached out to a couple friends and, and, and that's what a, uh, uh, a friend of mine said. He's like, I think the balls are just back to normal and, and hitters are getting frustrated. You're seeing the level of frustration frustration that you saw, let's say, maybe four or five years ago before the ball was supercharged. So um, obviously it's pitchers talking. They like it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, nobody likes to give up home runs uh, mm-hmm. if you're a pitcher. But, you know, it, there's just so many questions and and I just feel like the players are so over like this whole baseball thing. And 
to me, it's is does does baseball need to create like some kind of uh, you know substance that that you can put on your hand that can help maybe not the RPMs, not make you go from like you know crazy RPMs, maybe something that just is enough to grip the ball because obviously rosin can only do so much, and I I, I speak that. Uh, from experience, um, rosin can still doesn't do the job that that it needs to do. Um, so you just have to wonder if 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 there should be something created so that, I mean, we're we're, we're watching uh, what's the team, the New York Mets, you know, get hit almost every game it seems like, and and they're mm-hmm. getting frustrated. Um, you know, Jimmy Garcia, you know, one got away and 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 they threw him out of the damn game, you know. So you have Which to wonder. Is so crazy, if it's stupid, beyond <laughs> so, stupid, so stupid. <laughs> No, I, 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 I like the ball is, I think, I think from my perspective, I'm not in the game, you know, in, 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 like you are, but I think the biggest thing that, that players, I can only imagine the thing that players want is a bit of transparency, right? Like this is what we're doing to the ball and why. And, and, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about the ball going back. So it, it was 2015 when they, when the ball really started to take off. Cause I don't know if you remember 2014 was like the year of the pitcher. 2014 yeah, yeah, yeah. was like the offense was way down and strikeouts were way up. And that was the, the, the year, you know, as, with Madison Bumgarner in particular, you know, against the Royals. The Royals that were that really high contact team, really built to like hit pitches that were thrown down in the zone. Everyone was throwing to throw two seamers, trying to keep the ball on the ground. And then you, a guy like Mike Trout comes up who like has this perfect swing that's built for that. So then the fastball started to come up. They started coming up in the zone and people were coming back with way more and more high fastballs and it became a much more viable like like option. So then pitching was crazy. And then so they juiced the balls up and then you know we saw the those great Blue Jays teams with that home run hitter after home run hitter. And you know, even the you know, Russell Martin hitting 20 home runs and yeah. not, he's not a great hitter, but like that was how the, the game was. And then it went sort of nuts and then everybody lost their mind and then they they had to try to cut to bring it back. But it just feels like the from a from the outside, when the players are having to play catch up and and don't know what the what the consistency of the ball is going to be like on a given day, it just it just makes for a crappy product because yeah. you know the 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 margins for error are so fine. I think when when you're if you're Alec Manoa and you're this gigantic dude who throws ninety six ninety seven when you want to or or just all these this revolving door of these big arm pitchers like the difference between a wild pitch or a hit batter and and a and a strike in the inside corner is so fine and when now we've taken away that the ability to 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 grip the ball in a way that is effective um i think that it's just a matter of that that balance so i'd love yeah. to to know that the players can grip the ball but I, at the same time i i i don't I don't. I'm not mad that the ball doesn't go over the fence so much, uh, but because uh, because I you know I, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm showing my age because I do like to see the ball put in play from time to time. Yeah. And that said, you know I don't like seeing the ball getting put in play and then slipping over the right field fence at Yankee Stadium. But but you know I like seeing I I I, I do think that that other than Yankee Stadium, though there were days where like those weird little half excuse me check swings, and next thing you know the ball's going out to the opposite field. Like that was a huge change. So I think a bit of consistency. Uh, uh, in terms of the grip, but also if the ball is going to perform like it is, and, and a, that's a lot of people will talk about the Matt Chapman hit that drive out to center field that that um, uh, you know in previous years that probably would have been a home run, yeah. but that that the ball had died on the track um, because the ball is just not not as responsive. So I don't know. It, is, is there something to that? Do you think that that consistency no, I, in terms of I, feel versus flight? 
I like what you said, keyword transparency. I wish there was like some transparency between the players and MLB so that you, mm -hmm. like you're right, that you know what the ball is, what how how it's going to play and 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 all that stuff. Um but when MLB keeps changing it back and forth, back and forth and players are like, "What what what the hell is going on?" and mm -hmm. um I think it creates a bit of an issue and when you're hearing pitchers like, "Hey, they're literally tossing balls in that are not even rubbed up. They're literally straight out of the box." And if you've tried to throw a uh, a ball straight out of the box it's tough man it's it's literally like throwing soap trying to throw soap <laughs> at somebody you know that's just gonna slip out of your hand and and that that's that's always tough and and you know it goes back to my playing days um you know balls that are pearls are not easy to throw and um i always liked mine like really nicely rubbed up and um and it just seems like either they're really rubbed up and then From what I heard, they're rubbed up, left there for a couple days, and then they throw them in the game, and then they're chalky, and and then that creates an issue, and it creates an issue more. I feel like on the road when it's cold, here in Southern California, I, when I'm watching games, it doesn't seem like pitchers are struggling that bad. I mean, when I look at the Dodgers, they're like, all right, you know, obviously they're a really good team, but you're looking at the Angels and what they're doing, and you know, the <laughs> that young young kid threw a no hitter a couple days ago. So I just feel like. Um, in the east coast right now it's it's cold it's it, it's it's a different it's a different grip i can attest to that it's it, it really does make a huge difference if 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 you don't have a good grip in your hand here in southern california it's in the 70s every day not sure what that is in uh celsius drew you got to help it's me plenty. out there it's plenty it's plenty is what it is <laughs> <laughs> but you know you 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 look at that and and you build a little bit of sweat here and now the rosin does what it's supposed to do over there you're it's cold and it's different and, and it's hard to to break break a sweat and 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 you can't get that nice little grip on on that ball so yeah i mean it, it's just there's so many things and when you're hearing guys um pitchers uh talk about it and come out i mean you've you've seen pitchers come out on the open and talk about it a lot of social media or on tv and you know you know you know it's an issue I, I you just hope that that it'll kind of find that balance where you know mm -hmm. it was way out of balance with the spider yeah. tack and all the crazy stuff that guys were using and you know that famous kind of non-quote of garrett cole where he was playing super coy um when it was <laughs> he was you know pretty obvious that he had been using this that and the other we'll be right back with more spin rate but first check this out looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What, what we're asking pitchers to do now is not normal, right? You know, yeah. there's only so much mud you can put on a ball that's going to, if you're trying to get it to spin like, you know, 3,000 RPM and at 98 
over 60 feet, six inches. It's a lot. So, so yeah. I think that for the, just for the good of the game, a little bit of transparency, a little bit of, um, of balance and just, and consistency will, would go a long way. But, you know, when we're thinking about the ball and looking at the offense, <clears throat> there was, a, there was a, you know, I, I hate to pick on, I don't, I hate to pick on Kevin Biggio in particular because there was, a, he was a guy who had a great year in 2019, you know, hit 16 home runs. He'll draw on lots of walks and stuff, but there were some red flags. You look at his baseball savant page. Guy didn't have a ton. It wasn't wasn't leading in in you know exit velocity and and barrel rates and some of those things that are maybe key indicators that a, that a player's production could be due to to drop off. And then as the ball started to get a little bit soggier, then that was he was the kind of player that was going to be most affected by it. So right, right now I'm looking at the Blue Jays' offensive stats and and eyeing up like who are the who are the guys who have been the most maybe the most affected and the one that jumps out to me the two that jump out to me are matt chapman and bo bichette as guys who um the the expected stats based on their exit velocities and barrels and things like that are way like 50 points ahead of where of where they actually are and and i you know with with chapman i i think about I mean, he does seems like he hit a lot of fly. He hits a lot of fly balls, and maybe those that extra ten or fifteen feet. You know, uh, to your point, early in the season, playing on the East Coast, playing you know Boston, New York, Cleveland, Boston, New York, Boston, Cleveland. Godly, yeah. <laughs> but but like he seems like a guy who who I, I I don't think that I his track record suggests that he's not someone who's like a fluke. He's not someone who 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 um, would have been affected by it. But maybe he's a guy who might need to rain like a, make a little bit of an adjustment to to maybe take some of that launch angle down a little bit hit, hit a few more line drives um to to kind of have his production line up yeah yeah no i mean again it, it it's just when you look at this team and again it, it's frustrating to to, to mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the team you 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 watch him and you're like i mean they're getting the the runners in scoring position they're just not coming through and they're not getting the big hit and you know i i, I told you I, I listened to charlie's interview yesterday and, and he it's true what he said i mean hitting's contagious and right now they're not doing it and and when you see the level of frustration like when was the last time i don't think we've ever seen vladdy react the way he reacted yesterday where he broke the bat be, 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 before anything people he did not break the bat over his his knee let's not compare him to bo jackson he broke that bat on the way ground yeah <laughs> i'm not saying it's an easy thing to do still because that thing is still pretty much intact after you break it but he he took a little bit of a shortcut and but anyways when when you see uh when you see the level of frustration you know it's 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 kind of lingering on from one hitter to the next and and you start pressing and and that this is the this is the last place you want this team to fall in because, like like we mentioned, the snowball effect. You don't want this to just keep going and going and then a, a four or five game losing streak turn into a seven, eight, nine, ten. And then next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're in a really deep hole. And we know, um, we know how tough the AL East it is to, to if, if that were to happen and how tough it would be to, to climb out of that hole. But again... No, no playoff spot has been lost. None of that. It's still everything's still there, and everything is still out in front of them. And and to me, again, it's it's depressing. I think they just have to. They just you know it's it's they keep pressing, 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 and and they want to get the big hit. They want to get the big three run home run. But like like you mentioned, Drew, sometimes it's it's taking what the game gives you. And 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 I don't know much about launch angles, but yeah, it's 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 hitting line drives and 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 trying to, 
you know, the home runs will come. They we know that they have the power, and and but if if these guys mm-hmm. kind of go out there and, and stick to the plan, and and again, no no team's gonna pitch them easy, and and we've seen yeah. that, and 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 people forget too. They they've had one of the toughest schedules, like you mentioned. It it, it seems like they've played the Yankees every other week. Or once a week, it seems like they play them once a week, and if it's not them, it's it's like you mentioned the the, the Boston Red Sox, and it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So hopefully the 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 schedule, I'm not saying easing up by any means because it's still the big leagues, but you know, hopefully, uh, well, I mean, they got Tampa, another tough team. So. <laughs> nothing easy, nothing. Easy. Yeah, not, nothing's easy, but you know, hopefully they, they they can get in a role. Hopefully being indoors can help them a little bit, um, and and. And yeah, I mean, I think it's just again. I go back to what Charlie said: hitting, hitting, being contagious. And once, once they get the ball rolling in that, and uh, and and they do what they have to do, I think they're going to be just fine. And again, it's just controlling this, like stopping this this losing streak here today, and 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 kind of building a winning streak from here. The the thing with Vlad is really interesting to me because yeah, we've never we don't really see him with that sort of level of frustration. Last year there wasn't really any opportunity to see him frustrated because he hit everything. <laughs> but one of the reasons that that I was always so confident in in his ability to kind of become who he became, to be this like one of the best hitters in baseball, was that he was always so good about you know maintaining his zone and 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 being so good at spitting on like really close pitches or spitting on marginal mm-hmm. marginal pitches but it and i wonder if there's a little bit of element of him wanting to do a little bit too much i think so and and, and recognizing that the team is struggling and then and that the, like you know well george springer's having a good year a lot of the guys around him in the lineup are, are not at where they need to be so i i i'm almost surprised because i just he his he was so disciplined even when he was struggling you know in in 2020 um, but he, and, and 2019, but he's, he's doing things a little bit differently this year. You know, he's, yeah. he's swinging at more, way more pitches, um, out of the zone. He's seeing more pitches out of the zone and, and, do you, seeing, and let, let me ask you this fewer. Okay. Do, do you think it is, it's because of the strikes we've seen called on him? I, I saw something that that's, that can be a possibility. It almost seems like that outer half pitchers have been dotting that down down and away outer half and umpires for some reason are, are giving it to pitchers. So I wonder if that has something to do with him expanding his zone a little bit. He doesn't want to be Oh one Oh two. So he's like, I'm just going to hack at it and see, see what happens. I think it's possible. I think that, I think that all those things kind of combine, I, I especially a guy who has uh, such a keen um, understanding of the strike zone mm-hmm. that, that when, when that has sort of been, um, uh, been taken not taken away from him, but it, when his sense of what the zone is is sort of being re, being adjusted or being called into question, then yeah, then he doesn't want to. You know, he's not going to be as uh, in as many good hitters counts. Which you know, any count I think for for Vlad, you know, is, is a hitters count. One thing I did notice is he's not swinging at the first pitch quite as much. Um, because he's not seeing as many first pitch uh, strikes. Everyone knows that he's wait, laying in wait. He's going to ambush you, and he's going to—he's not afraid to do damage, uh, you know, at any point um, in the count. But I think that there might be something to that. I think that that 
you know, all, all these things compound. And, and I, I mentioned cluster luck earlier, but because it's like, okay, you get a, you, you get a bad call and then you're, and then you reach and now you're at, now you're O2 or you've, now you've rolled over and just sort of like, again, he's, he's still having a really great year, but he's not at where he, A, would want to be and B, you know, we, the, the Blue Jays fans would need and expect him to be. So I think that, that, you know, one of those kind of the first domino to go de- to, to drop will be as Bobichet continues to kind of swing the bat a little bit better, and then if Teoscar Hernandez once he kind of reins it in, um, taking a little bit of that of that pressure off, or just having runs runs scored around him, maybe then he can he can uh, get back into that into that groove as well as whatever I'm sure this it's a physical thing too, right? Yeah, I mean, all the, it's all so complex, and and you know we we were talking about this before we started recording the baseballs. Baseball's hard, even if you're the <laughs> even if you're the the best hitter in baseball with the most incredible eye and the best hand eye coordination and so much power. Still a hard game. It's yeah. still a hard game, and and that slider that's on the outside corner that starts to strike, you know, looks uh, suspicious as like a fastball sometimes. So it's I think uh, I it's saw not an easy game. I think I saw a highlight of could this be the dirtiest, the nastiest pitch all season, and it was a Miguel Castro ninety nine mile power backdoor sinker on Alejandro Kirk, and I'm like. I watched it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> how are you supposed to hit that? You know, and again, yeah. it, 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 it ain't easy. It ain't easy to get up there and do what these guys do. Yes, they are professionals, but they, they, they fail too. And, and right now I'm looking at the leaders on this team and saying, okay, who, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the guy that, that we, that we, that we ride through this. And it was a great first month and, 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 and all that good stuff. They won a lot of close games, but at some point, the the offense is gonna be, it's gonna be clicking, and and I know I keep saying that, but I, I'm I'm confident that they're gonna make the adjustments that they have to make, and and they're gonna they're gonna see the 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 way that that teams if if you know knowing what I know about hitters and 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 the the good ones that I got to play with, they're in that computer room and they're they're studying what what a pitcher's trying to do. There's enough video evidence now about what what teams are t- trying to do to certain certain guys and 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 i think if you do your homework and 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 go execute your plan they're going to be just fine and again you're looking at the leaders in this team and you're saying okay what what do we have to do to to get the ball rolling here and hopefully it starts tonight in tampa uh you mentioned alejandro kirk your guy uh haven't he's swinging the bat Swinging the bat really well now. Doing it. Again, always a difficult out, but now just really looking like he's just that much better positioned to do some damage and, uh, and make pitchers pay when, when they, because they have to come to him again, another guy with a great eye and a great uh, ability to put the bat on the ball. And uh, really nice to see. Again, there's just a real bonus to have uh, somebody offering some production a bit further down in the lineup. It's it's almost like you heard our episode a couple of weeks ago when we, were, <laughs> when we were talking and they're like, if you had to make a move today, what, what would the move be? And, and, and I'm glad we could light some fire under his ass. Um, <laughs> so thanks I, for I, listening. Yeah. No, yeah, thanks, Alejandro Kirk. I know this is, this is your favorite podcast. You know, he's listening. Like, yo, fuck those guys. I can hit. They, they can. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's good to see him um, again. We don't know how long, how much longer Danny Jansen is going to be. So for right now, he is the number one catcher, and he's the guy that mm-hmm. you have to rely on. and And it's a good thing that he gets hot again. The bottom bottom of the lineup continues to do their thing. Him, Espinel has been solid down there. Uh, I, I feel like you know it's 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 the middle of the the meat part of the the order right now. That's, mm-hmm. that's I feel like suppressing a little bit. And um, again, they just have to relax and maybe uh you know just not try to 
go out there and do too much, not try to go out there and hit the five-run home run. You know, it's just mm. putting the ball in play. And, and I, I've, I've always said I'm a firm believer. If you put the ball in play, good things happen. If you're striking out and, 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 and doing stuff like that and trying to hit a home run, then bad things normally happen when, that, when you do that. Uh, another uh, one of the kind of running themes of this show already has been, you know, kind of these guys having to make adjustments. And I think that uh, someone, someone that you and I have spoken about a lot, who seems like he is, he's starting to make those adjustments. And that's Yusei Kukuchi, who is, you know, going yeah. back to going to the fastball a little bit more. And he had a, had a really nice outing, a lot less slider, um, a lot more fastball. Uh, and maybe part of that adjustment is understanding that the that the the environment has changed. Like mm-hmm. you, maybe you don't have to be so wary of getting hurt because you know with with your fastball because you know the ball is is i mean not thinking that but like you can be aggressive you can be even more aggressive now because the offensive environment is changing ever so much and 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 you know caitlin and i talked about this last uh, last show too that you love to see a guy who's like all in and like yep let's work yep let's learn you know you should let's 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 adjust these things and make this stuff work as we go so a uh, kind of tinkering with this slider but also be going with way more fastball last time out so uh, really nice to see those kind of adjustments and, and produce a good outing. Yeah, and and I was reading one of Caitlin's uh, articles a uh, couple uh, yesterday, and and she got a quote from Charlie about Kikuchi, and it was he's throwing strikes. That's all. He's throwing strikes, and and it's and it's so true. As cliche as it sounds, as simple as it sounds, he has ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. I've said it before in his back pocket. Whenever he wants, he can he can dial that radar gun up. So if you're in the zone with that with that velocity from the left side, I'll tell you what, man, it, it's hard. And and we we we've talked about this, and and everyone talks about you know how great of stuff he has, but it, he it almost seemed like he has yet to believe it. Well, it almost seems like it's kind of taking a turn, and he's trying to believe that, and he's trying to feel it, and he's it's. It, it makes the world of difference if you're in that zone and if you're jumping ahead of hitters, because then you're when you're o one o two one two. It, the hitter's yours. You you can do whatever you want to to him, and 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 uh and you and we're seeing that with Kikuchi right now to go to New York and and throw six score uh almost you know take a no hitter into the seventh inning. It, it's not easy, man. And um and it just seems like he's finding his groove. But the the only thing that I and and this is the Kikuchi of the past that I watched in Seattle. It's like he can roll off you know, three, four good starts and then go back to like, you know, having two, three bad starts in a row and, and stuff like that. So you hopefully that doesn't happen here. And he just continues to believe even more in himself. And I, I honestly think it's the Pete Walker effect and, and, and making these guys believe and trust their stuff. And when you have a pitching coach who's able to do that and able to uh, help you make those adjustments and find yourself again, uh, Pete Walker by no means is a cookie cutter type type pitching coach he's he's gonna he's gonna adjust to you and he's gonna have his input and 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 okay what is it that works for you let's help you and i feel like we're seeing it with kikuchi and uh and again we've always seen that he has great stuff and 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 power stuff it's it's the biggest thing for him is is being confident in 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 himself and and throwing those pitches and and jumping ahead of hitters more spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One of the things we talked about and, and has uh, Caitlin wrote about as well, and I, you see lots of people kind of looking at the way that he's done it, is making those kind of tweaks in between starts where he said, okay, you got a cutter that does this and you got a slider that does this. How do, we, how do you find that in the middle? And, and, and so what kind of work would go in in, the, in those bullpen sessions to kind of affect that change? And, and then how does it feel when it comes time to throw it? Like where, when does – I imagine it takes multiple sessions before you feel confident to break it out in the game. Yeah, and and it's and it sometimes it's small adjustments, Drew. It's not really that big, you know. Nobody's gonna change his mechanics like that's just mm-hmm. not gonna happen. That 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 would have to take a whole off season to do something like that. But when it's small mm-hmm. adjustments, like hey, maybe grip it here, maybe maybe put the finger pressure here on the ball, maybe do this. That's all it is sometimes, and you start mm-hmm. seeing the different movement, you know, whether it's on a cutter or a slider, or maybe you're getting around your your cutter a little bit too much. Let's try and stay on top of it a little bit more, and it's gonna be sharper and it's gonna cut cut more rather than slide um little things like that are easy to to fix in my opinion during season it's not mm-hmm. a again it, it, you're not trying to change a guy's arm angle <laughs> in the middle of a season that's mm-hmm. just not going to happen but um but when 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 you look at uh, a kikuchi it almost seems like that's what it's been it's been the little small adjustments and again you you mentioned it earlier he's buying into it that's the biggest thing as a player you have to buy into it and you have to believe it if you're not going to buy into it then it's just a complete waste of time mm-hmm. um but then at the end of the day you have to go out there and execute and you have to jump ahead if you're not jumping ahead you know your cutter is going to be shit yeah. you know so the best so, the best cutter slider in the world doesn't work yeah. when you're 3-0 right <laughs> exactly exactly so um you know uh so yeah, the, uh, it, it it's big when when the when the hit, when the pitcher or when the hitter is trying to make an adjustment and they buy into that adjustment and and just continue to hammer out hammer it out and that's where the bullpen sessions become so important and and not only that the, the play catch you know when you're playing mm-hmm. catch before uh, before uh, you know batting practice and you're doing your flat ground and you're messing around with stuff that's that's that all becomes so important. I always tell young kids. Playing catch is the most important thing you'll ever do because you know it's five six minutes. Don't 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 uh don't don't be horsing around. It's it's you lock it in for five six minutes, and, and I'm telling you, you'll get more out of it than, than than you know. And if you're working on stuff, that's we we can't get on the mound every day. That's pitcher. Yeah. It just can't happen. So that's why the play catch becomes really really important. And you're seeing a little bit of the of the success the past two starts and I we hopefully we continue to see it because I'm a huge fan of a guy who throws 97 98 from the left side it's just it's cool to watch 
that 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 like um, collaborative piece when with between pitchers, right? Where you, somebody mm-hmm. goes and, and you say like, "Oh man, I'm not." I, I remember talking to Brandon Morrow about it, being like mm-hmm. he was having a hard time, like he couldn't get his fastball to the outside corner. So he was like, "I'm going to try to throw a throw a cutter," but I'm sure it's. I mean, didn't just come up with it on his own. You know, you go and you talk with with the other guys around yeah. and be like, "What do you do?" And like you said, finger pressure. And it's, it's it's that I think that value of being able to have multiple people to bounce it off of, of yeah. the Blue Jays current setup, well, right? You got Matt Bushman, you got Walker, and then you've got you've got guys like David Phelps who've been around forever and guys that, mm-hmm. that they love to have back there and and guys who are rich, right? Guys who got paid to be to yeah. be good pitchers. It's always nice to hey Kevin Gossman, how'd you get a hundred million dollars? <laughs> Show me how. <laughs> well, you know you know what's funny, and I saw a, a Twitter somebody posted a picture of him of what athletes used to look like uh, before. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I forget who, mm-hmm. who posted it, and it was a picture of Brian Tallett of what athletes look back. Oh, we were talking about his hat, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it's funny because I replied. I said, "You know, you know what's funny? That guy taught me mm-hmm. how to throw a cutter." And out mm-hmm. of all people, you know, I had Roy Halladay. Obviously, he his grip didn't work for me, and obviously, he's coming from the right side, so it was a little bit different. So I spoke to Brian Tallett out of all people, and I was like, "Dude, how do you grip your cutter, and what do you try and do with it?" And he's like, "All right, Rick." He sat me down. He's like, this is how I grip it. And this is why I try and do with it. Because he was successful for a couple of years out of the bullpen. And then he'd go to starting and then have some good starts here and there. Mm-hmm. And and I always wondered, I was like, what what is it about this cutter? And I came into the league with just a four-seamer and a, a sinker every once in a while. So he's like, this is what you do with it. And it just, in 2010, 2011, it worked wonders for me. And, 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 and. Yeah, you you it, it you get you learn so much from your peers and from your teammates and from asking questions and asking the right questions and stuff like that. So obviously I know um I know these guys I mean there's so much greatness amongst them that they I feel like they can bounce stuff off each other and you know you're looking at Barrios and, and his struggles to sometimes I wonder if Barrios to me we see the stuff. We see everything is there. Sometimes I wonder if it's more mental for him and he's trying to do too much to it. He's pressing. He, he's coming off an offseason where they gave him a huge contract. And um, and I, to me, I wonder if that's if that's kind of a build up to to his to 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 his struggles right now. And um, because when I watch him pitch, I'm like, how does this guy get hit? You know, and, and mm-hmm. we see that we see the hard contact. We see, you know, we're like, is maybe should he, you know maybe built some deception into his delivery because are they seeing him well? Are they, is he tipping something? Because, you know, you, this is all the stuff that they, as a big leader you think about. And uh, sometimes I wonder if, if the stuff with him is a little bit more mental than it is uh, obviously physical. I mean, obviously I don't have any experience with it, but I can't help but wonder, like no matter, no matter how kind of destined you felt for greatness or how, how sure you were that you were going to one day, you know, sign a massive contract and like, you know, this is what you were going to do. I even, you know, you look at like a guy like Manny Machado, right? Like I don't, you, he was rich before he signs a $300 million contract, but that's still like a crazy amount of money and that crazy <laughs> amount of pressure to come and be like, okay, well, we're, we want to win the world series. Now we just backed a truck full of money up to your house because you're a great player because you're 26 years old. Let's do it. And I, I can't, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. And even though you're like, I've got the money now, I don't have to worry about it anymore, but it's still like, it's, like it's gotta it's gotta weigh on you oh yeah when 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 those checks start coming then you're like they talk about Roy Halliday being embarrassed when he would get his check and like just give it to his wife and like not even look at it because <laughs> I'm sure it's it, I'm sure it's weird I'm sure it's so weird no yeah and and you know what I obviously I didn't sign a massive deal like that but I got a good chunk of change and and let me tell you I mean it, we care 
We care mm-hmm. and we want to win as bad as anyone. I, it bothers me when people are like, oh, he got paid. He doesn't care anymore. No, they care. Nobody wants to go out there and suck. That's that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Nobody does. And I think if anything, you want to you want to show everyone why they gave you that money and you want to go out there and you want to put on a show. And and that's why mm-hmm. people pay to come watch you. And 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 sometimes, yeah, it can become uh again the snowball effect i feel like that's the theme today um mm-hmm. of it, i like you know, it and, and and it could become a bit of a oh man i'm i'm going out there and i'm embarrassing myself and it's not going well and and this and that and you're trying you start pressing you start trying to do too much and your next outing you want to throw a nine inning complete game shutout and then you, mm-hmm. you look at the scoreboard and you're like man it's five innings and i've given up three runs damn it you know and mm-hmm. it, it just becomes a bit um uh uh, more mental than, than than it is anything else and in um you know and it, it's it's obviously i'm not complaining <laughs> by any means you know i'm not complaining or trying to make it seem like oh my poor me no it's we want to go out there and we want to win we we, we want to go out there and, and and do what we can to make the organization happy the fans happy and and mm-hmm. when that doesn't happen it, it to me for me it hurt me to my core it the thing that i always come back to is like yeah the, the for you for for anyone who's like an elite athlete or elite in anything to like get to that point to like climb that mountain to the point where they put themselves in a position to sign a 7 year contract worth whatever 120 million dollars or or a contract like Manny Machado's you're already wired different they're like you have a different set of motivation and if it was just money you know you would have fallen off long before Right. It's like it's a difference. These different things fire you up. And, and, and like you said, you want to win and you want to you no one likes to suck. So uh, definitely, you know, they, they call it life changing money for a reason. Right. It's going to change life. So there, there's always going to be an, an adjustment process for that. This snowball has run all the way down the hill. And now the Blue Jays <laughs> are ready to resume after a, a long awaited, well-deserved off day. Hopefully they had a bit of time to catch their breath. And then they're going to go on and face the dreaded, dreaded Tampa God, Bay Rays. Why is it did always like, so Did you t- like playing there? Hey, you, you know what? <laughs> I, I actually pitched well there. I did. Yeah. But it, it, the stadium, I mean, the stadium is what it is. Everyone knows what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I always had some good games there, but it always seemed like that place just haunt everyone. For some reason, it's like we'd always have a lead and then somehow we would lose it like in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. There was always some kind of implosion in in an inning there every series. And it's one of those places. Yeah, I mean, the Rays just they play so well there for some reason. And uh, mm-hmm. well, not for some reason. They're, that's our home field. But yeah, man. It, ah, man. Yeah, I, I, I pitch well, but I everything else about that stadium I didn't like. <laughs> haunted. It's a haunted yeah. space. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my career numbers are there, but I remember having some decent games. You, that's that's really the most important part. Whether or not you pitched well, it's that you felt like you pitched well there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's in in retirement. It's all about vibes. You know, the vibes are, are the most important part. That's not, it. Not, that's not <laughs> not Kevin Euclid is bringing up on his. Uh, on, on during the Red Sox telecast on saying what pitchers did he own and then he's like uh the Romero kid from Toronto Ricky Romero <laughs> oh no I was like man I had just forgotten about you man yeah yeah I like <laughs> is to it think true about- it's true man it's yeah. true holy shit yeah yeah and I and I posted it on Twitter I was like my mom literally in the 2011 all-star game we were in the same elevator and mm-hmm. she like 
kind of jabs me on the shoulder and she's like, is that, that's Kevin Euclid's on. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, Mr. Euclid, can you please just stop taking it easy on my son? <laughs> Literally like that. That's we, I funny. Mean, we shared a laugh. It was, it was a pretty funny moment, but yeah, he, he had some great numbers against me. You pitched, uh, you pitched really well there. Um, it was one of your best, best ballparks. I'm looking at like kind of the places you played, you would pitch more than once. Um, where else did you pitch well? Oakland? You seem to like really like Ooh, pitching in Oakland. Yeah, I loved Oakland, man. That big, yeah. big ballpark. Yeah. Oakland, Anaheim was okay. Minnesota was pretty okay, I think. Did uh, Anaheim feel like, was that almost like a homecoming game? Like you, oh, I, yeah. I always remember that you'd bring everybody to yeah. like your mom's house to eat and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Big home game. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend not long ago and I was like, man, what I'd do to pitch at Dodger Stadium, though. All I ever wanted in mm-hmm. my career was obviously pitch in the big leagues mm-hmm. um, and have a game called by Vince Scully, and then it didn't happen. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was that was the dream right there, to, to come home and play against the Dodgers with the Blue Jays, and it just, I think, yeah, we missed, I missed them by like a year or two, I think. Terrible, unbalanced schedule. It doesn't care. It doesn't care who it hurts. <laughs> yeah, but pitch you know in San Diego I'll, too. Oh only, yeah, yeah. Once. Only one. Was that the earthquake game? Was there an earthquake during that yes, game? Yes, nice. yes, yes. Yeah, that was an earthquake. I think the the day before I pitched was an earthquake game, and that's where Brett Cizo. I think we made fun of him because he asked us if you could feel an earthquake on an airplane, and we rode him for a long time for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i was like nah, i think it's called turbulence dude come on <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all right that's it for this edition of spin right thank you so much ricky as always we will be back next week and then caitlin and i will be back in just a few days time hopefully to talk about a successful journey to tropicana field his name is ricky my name is drew we will talk to you next time on spin right As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.